I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. I don't know if my guest knew that. Um, welcome, <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks so much. No, I did know that. I got a, got a okay. good chuckle the first time I saw that. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard about you and your project um, and your whole background, and I thought, oh, I'm sure he's been in a funk or two. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Understatement. The various right? funks. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, uh, you know, you have so much to talk about your film and everything, but how'd you get into comedy? Yeah. Well, I started in theater. I, I lived in New York and I worked in theater and, and found some success, but I started to get a little burnt out. I spent, um, there was a show that was running on Broadway and I did this, the Chicago company of the show. And then I moved to the tour and all told I had been with the show for almost two years. Amazing show, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It's, I don't oh, know yeah. if, you, if you got a chance to see it or not. Yeah, it's an incredible show. So if you're going to do the same show eight times a week for two years, it's a wow. great, a great option. But yeah, I was just a little burnt out. So I, I, I did the improv program at uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York, which is uh, an improv uh, school and theater in New York. And I was okay at improv, but I wasn't amazing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of led me to stand up. And the first time I started doing stand up, I mean, it's a struggle for any comedian. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not half decent until you've been doing it for you know maybe 10 years. So it was a struggle. It's a rough industry. You know, unlike the theater or film and television world, there is no uh, union for, for comedians uh, unless they're doing film and television work. And so it's a little wild westy. I call it the yes. wild west of the entertainment <laughs> industry. There aren't a lot of rules. Um, um, but I fell in love with it immediately. I had never had so much control <clears throat> over the creative process. And it was um, because of that, it was more terrifying, but also more rewarding. You know, when I would have a bad set, uh, it was worse than any bad theater performance I had yeah. ever had because I wrote everything. I was in charge of everything. I wrote everything. I performed everything. I chose my outfit. I, you know, I, I, I was in charge. The whole shebang. Yeah. Exactly. But conversely, when it went really well, it was, it was the opposite. I was like, oh my gosh, like that was outstanding. And mm -hmm. I can take credit for almost all of it. And that was like a cool, cool feeling, especially yes. coming from the theater world where, you know, you're always reciting other people's uh, dialogue. Um, so, so, so that's how I, how, I, how I got to stand up. I fell in love with it. And then my film, you know, as I mentioned, you know, it takes years and years of <laughs> slogging through the, yeah. the, the, the comedy industry to find any traction. And I just wasn't really patient enough. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't loving sitting around waiting for somebody to ask me to write my first hour show. And so I was just, kind of like, well, why can't I, can I do my it myself? Thing. Is yeah. there a way? Can I just do it myself? I mean, I know it's not going to be a, you know, a, a, a high budget a, a Netflix comedy special, but maybe I can do my own thing for my own audience. Um, right. And so that's, that's what I did. Amazing. How long did it take you to, to do this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Five years all told. I mean, partly because of the nature of the subject matter. I mean, um, <clears throat> for those listening, the, the film once is enough, uh, 
uh, my lost my mother to obesity caused heart disease and I was uh, 340 pounds six foot two ginger lumberjack and I was pretty desperate to not find myself in the same place as her so yeah. I decided to run a 100 mile ultra marathon uh, take a film crew with me to document the whole experience and then write an hour stand-up show about the whole uh, debacle and then the film is a juxtaposition of, of those two things half documentary half half stand-up comedy Wait, were you um, ever excuse me when you decided to run all these miles and you're you weigh as much as you weighed we ever like wait a minute what was i thinking oh was, every day yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i i have a habit of biting off more than i can chew so i never long term got discouraged but yeah absolutely it's you know it's hard for anyone to run an ultra marathon let alone someone who's you know carrying an extra 130 pounds hmm. And yeah, it was, it, was, it was a major struggle. I was never athletic as a kid. I was uh, forced to play sports, but I didn't enjoy them. I wasn't good at them. Especially when you're forced. Right. Well, yeah, it takes the fun out of it immediately. You have to play right? basketball and you have to play football and you have to be amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, my mom's last three months in the hospital, she was in the ICU for, for three months, not to mention a regular hospital stay before that. So it was a pretty long drawn out process. I was lucky that I was able to come back to Missouri where I'm from um, and, and be with her during that time. But I spent a lot of time in a hospital waiting room and oh. I discovered a, a, a trail running magazine. They had a number of uh, what I would have considered fairly obscure magazine subscriptions. But I started reading that magazine and kind of immediately was interested and started, started doing all the Google searches on the topic. I kind of dove headfirst into it. And then there was a, a particularly bad day during our ICU stint. And I was a little maybe desperate, maybe not totally right in my mind, but I went straight to a running store, bought a pair of running shoes, and I went and found a state park and went for my first trail run and was immediately hooked. I felt like a kid in a candy shop. I felt like I was playing. I was jumping over logs. Yeah. Um, nobody was watching me. Nobody was timing me. It was no just one's judging you. Nobody's judging me. Nobody yeah. cares if my fat's jiggling. And that was totally new for me, you know, to not be in a PE class or not be in an organized sport, to be doing it for the fun of it and not to, to win or to be the best was mm -hmm. suddenly a really new experience for me. And I realized, like, I guess in a sense, I, I am an athlete, <laughs> just not yeah. what I thought an athlete was. You had to it. find your own form of exercise that you liked. Absolutely. That is exactly it. Yeah, I get it. So um, that's amazing because here you are stressed out, worried about your mom and you decide I'm going to take up running. And then at what point would you decide I'm going to make this a film? Well, it was uh, about a year and a half process. I started running. Like I said, I loved it. I think because it was, it was so therapeutic. Uh, I, you know, I enjoy mindfulness and, and meditate when I can, but when you're out in the woods running for hours on end, you really can't help but let your mind kind of shut down a bit. Yes. And so, you know, so therapeutic for that reason as I just kept doing it. I was probably maybe slightly unhealthily uh, addicted to it and it kept compounding. And about nine months later, I 
decided to try my first 50 miler. I had this idea of this, this film project. I, you know, I wasn't doing great <laughs> emotionally. I was, you know, I, honestly, I was depressed. I was grieving. I wasn't, I wasn't really doing anything. And one of my friends you know, mentioned like, Hey, you keep saying all you want to do is disappear into the woods to run. Mm-hmm. And you uh, want to be doing more stand up and, and write your first show. Like, can we, like, is there a combination? Is there a marriage between those two things? And it, it, I mean, like a lightning flash, I had this, this, this idea, but I was hesitant. I mean, I, I didn't want to be super unrealistic. So I decided to run a 50 miler first and I did the North face endurance challenge, which is just North of uh, San Francisco in the Marin headlands. And that was kind of my test for me. I said, Hey, like if I can survive this, Mm -hmm. then maybe it's not, totally ludicrous to think about a hundred miler and I can't say that the 50 miler went well but I did finish it and I did enjoy it so it was all thumbs up and that's that's when I decided to to pull the trigger I mean you didn't even go for a marathon you went for almost double yeah well while my mom was in the hospital I had signed up for a 20 miler in Missouri and it ended up being a few weeks after she passed away and almost didn't do it but I I just she was so excited for my running um the last the last month she was a you know she was aware that I was doing this crazy thing Mm -hmm. and always super supportive which is probably how I ended up (laughs) the way I am quite frankly I grew up on a pig farm in Missouri and my mom was very much a um a responsible yes mom you know I I remember specifically one time I came inside and I said hey mom I'm super bored but there's a bunch of hay bales and some scrap metal in the barn I bet I could build a roller coaster and any reasonable parent would be like "Mm, I don't know about that but that wasn't her style she 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 said okay yeah probably be safe but go for it (laughs) so I just realized something what that was your first exposure to improv yes and <laughs> yeah you're right 100 right? <laughs> 100 yes and just be careful <laughs> she was a definite yes ander <laughs> that's so funny yeah it's wild i never thought of it that way you didn't but you know sometimes when you tell your story there's someone else can get that perspective you were too close to see oh 100 it's always i mean gosh I mean, that applies to so many aspects of life, but especially as a creative of any variety. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I have so many friends who maybe we're going on a, going off on a tangent here, but I have so many friends who hate to read reviews or, or really kind of hate to get feedback. And I get part of that. You know, you don't want that to color your performance. You don't want to perform for other people. You want to perform for performance's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I certainly understand that. But I, I think I learned the most from, from getting honest feedback from people. You know, actually, when we, were, when we were testing the film before we finalized post-production, we did some online uh, test screenings. And uh, I had all the, the, the condition was anyone who followed me on Instagram or Facebook or who I knew personally uh, could could, could participate for free as long as they brought at least one person who okay. did not know me. 
who right. didn't know me, knew nothing about me. Because uh, that's that's when you get the best feedback, right? Yeah. People who yes. no preconceived notions. Yes. Yeah, I mean, my friends and family love me. They're going to like me no matter what I do. Yeah. They're going to love everything I produce. But what do other people think? I I, 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 I love reading YouTube comments. I love, re you know, that kind of stuff that I think most creatives kind of... <laughs> I know. <laughs> retract from. Away from. I know. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I see both sides of it. I think maybe there's a happy medium, but also at the end of the day, um, I need to sell what I produce in order to be able to produce more. So I don't know. Hopefully well, that's I, good. You take it as constructive. Yeah, absolutely. Even yeah. when it's negative, uh, it can be constructive. That's good. That's a, that's a healthy outlook. What would you like listeners to know about your film without giving too much away? Yeah, well, you know, I think I gave I think I gave the general rundown earlier, but I think the you know the takeaway is hopefully it doesn't have to be a one hundred miler, it doesn't have to be anything athletic, but if there's something you've been wanting to do forever that you you keep putting off, there's a better time for it. Um, there's not like right now is almost probably definitely the right time we have you know it's such a cliche but we truly have no idea how long we're going to be here and if anything after watching the film i hope people are just inspired and motivated to just do the thing right no it's excellent advice because you know we all need a lift right now and so here's a question for you while we're yeah. focusing on that for people that are in a funk professionally personally what advice would you give them so I think the biggest life lesson that I have taken away from my whole experience of, of making this film, it came from the, the running component. Um, you know, the first thing I learned about ultra running is there's a time when you're running, when anyone's going for a run, there's a time when things start to hurt. It's not fun anymore. It's uncomfortable. And any reasonable person would quit. <laughs> that's that's Especially the time. You, you said 48 miles left. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, there's always that point when you should quit or you think you should quit or any normal, reasonable person would quit. But it turns out if you don't quit, if you just choose to keep pushing through, it turns out that twitch in your ankle probably goes away. It turns out that your, your bad mood, once you have some, some sugar, uh, lifts. And, and it turns out you can do so much more than you thought you could do. And there's virtually no part of life that I can't apply that lesson to. Um, there's, there's, there's definitely a, a different awareness in me now when I reach in any aspect or project of my life. Um, there's definitely a different approach when I reach that point that any reasonable person would quit. Right. Well, we tend to limit ourselves. We get stuck in this safe place that's actually not safe, but we think it is, and we don't want to push and grow and challenge. Yeah, it's hard. It hurts sometimes, right? I mean, right. <laughs> but in the end, you come out often, oftentimes, you come out stronger, better, smarter. You bet. Yeah. Is there anything you learned about yourself while making this film? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was, as a kid, um, 
you know, I didn't, I grew up in rural Missouri on a pig farm, like I said, and I made no attempt to fit in in terms of hunting. I'm a vegan now. Uh, and even as a kid, like I was totally uninterested in hunting, which is huge in rural Missouri. Um, you know, I wasn't into sports. I definitely wouldn't have considered myself athletic. If you had said, oh, are you super strong, super weak? I probably said, I'm probably a little weaker than average. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I... I couldn't disagree more. Uh, I am a badass. <laughs> I probably can't, I can't say that. Um, I am uh, so much tougher than I realized I, I was. And um, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was uh, quite a, quite a, a shock. <laughs> I didn't realize I was tough. Turns you out didn't I know am. you'd find that out while making the film. No, of course not. I mean, that's the best reason to embark on any project like this, though, right? It, you're inevitably going to learn things about yourself that you weren't expecting. Yes. Do you still like to run? Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, went for a run in the rain this morning. It's my, my favorite. I've, I've, I, I live in that. Salt Lake City now, which is just paradise for a trail runner. You that's know, great. 20 minutes away, I can be in the middle of nowhere in the mountains. And I love how you're vegan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I call myself a naughty vegan. There's a, a section about it in the film. Um, I'm, I'm pretty uh, reasonable. I, I, I call it reasonable. But I would say I'm like 95, 90% vegan. Um, That's good. Yeah, I, it's better than 0% vegan. It right? is. And I, <laughs> I feel like it gives you more energy. It, it, if you try it, you'll see that you can get a lot of energy and great food. Yeah. To- yeah, 100%. And I mean, it's not the primary reason I do it. But I think, you know, there are a lot of concep- misconceptions about veganism. There's a lot of people who maybe don't look at vegans favorably or see them as, as militant in, in certain ways. And I think if there's anything that drives my choice and how I, I eat is, is thinking of how other people are seeing it. I don't want to go to a restaurant with a number of friends who are non-vegans and uh, leave with them, the, leave them with an impression that uh, it's difficult or inconvenient yeah. or, or that, you know, I'm going to inconvenience the restaurant. I think making it as accessible uh, as possible is, is, yeah. is really valuable in, in, in helping people make more sustainable food choices but yeah could you give the name of your film yeah once is enough uh once is enough film.com is the website and it's on uh all the places uh amazon Amazon. itunes google play tv it should be all over the place relatively easy to find congratulations oh thanks so much and thanks for having me on today so good to to meet you my pleasure such a huge accomplishment Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.